And welcome to the HTML All Things Podcast episode. Now wait for it. Episode Vin Diesel. Wait, I'm gonna explain that. Static sites, server side rendered, and single page apps. I'm your host Matt Lawrence, and I'm joined again by my co-host Mike Coran. Now before I jump into the the shameless self plug saga, um, I want to explain the the episode names. So this is a pre-recorded episode because Mike is going on a prolonged um, outing, so he's going to be gone for a month. Uh, so we don't know how many episodes he'll be able to record while he's gone. He will be able to record one or two. So we're putting these into the bank. And we were calling these episodes, because we don't know the number, we were calling these episodes like X1, X2. And we got to the point where we had three of them. And so I was like, oh, the, <laughs> this is a really weird correlation. I just realized explaining this. So we had three X's. And no, that's not for porn or anything. That is for the Triple X series with Vin Diesel. And because this was X1, I was like, oh, we'll call this one Vin Diesel. The next episode that's random will be Ice Cube. And then the third one will be Vin Diesel and Friends. <laughs> I, so if I, you've if you've seen Triple X with Vin Diesel, the second Triple X with Ice Cube, or Triple X the Return of Xander Cage with Vin Diesel and Friends, you know what I'm talking about. If not, you've just turned this off. But that's fine. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far and want to support us, there are a couple ways you could do that. You can review us. You can review us on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform that you listen to this on. Check us out on Patreon. We'll have a couple of tiers right now, but the three dollar tier will give you a shout out on the podcast and we'll share your website link in the show notes. And the most important one is that you just share this, let your friends know that we are here and ready to be listened to. And if you or your friends would like to go a step further, you can come and hang out with us in our Discord server. I think we've just ticked over 200 now um, as of recording of this episode. Um, so, yeah, it's going really well. But uh, we are actually not going to be doing our uh, weekly pain point because this is not on the correct week, whatever. So I'm just going to kind of pass it off to Mike to start off with the first part here regarding static sites so mike please take it away all right well i'm a little bit embarrassed to be part of these episodes with the vin diesel references and all that but that's fine it's fine wait a second (laughs) wait a second are you telling me that you don't enjoy the triple x series i watched one i I don't enjoy to the point where i first of all i know all three (laughs) names of the vin diesel movies like <laughs> that, I don't know the second one. At least I said the second Triple X movie. I guess, yeah. I I mean, I know was, the third one, but yeah. ah, it hurts. <laughs> yep. yep, it hurts. It hurts. Have being you part seen of the third team, one? Man. I have not seen. The, I've seen only the first one. Get on it. Get on it. You should do it before we record these episodes. Okay. You and your wife yeah, sit I mean, down, and it'll be the perfect date night movie. <laughs> terrible advice i feel like you you've just cursed one of my nights right now no no it watch them both in the same night they're worth oh it. boy even they're worse. worth it i, I got my right, hands in the air it, now yeah, put it all out there okay all right so we're gonna have a, a vin diesel triple x watching marathon well the so. second one doesn't have him in it it's just ice cube because <laughs> x x is a title god okay i don't <laughs> see like you know the you know the i know the lore but... yeah the lore of this ah. world which is weird to me but it's fine. We're G- going to move G- on. Gibson is in the second one. <laughs> I'm going to stop digging my hole. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to sit my coffee. You explore static sites. Go ahead. Yep. I'm I'm going I'm going there right now. All right. Sorry everyone. Let's no, we're bringing it back. We can't apologize first. This is the name of the episode. Episode Vin Diesel, Static Site Server Side Rendering and Single Page Apps. Mike, 
Take it away. All right. Static static sites. <laughs> Let's talk about static sites. <laughs> so, what are static sites? So, static sites are basically just HTML, JavaScript, CSS files that are generated or created at, in quotes, build time and sit on your server ready for people to access them. So, what this refers to uh, is that they're not in a sense that these usually aren't dynamic. So you're not being, you're not generating any pages once a user actually accesses your site. You just have site, you have files that you're serving to the user and that's it. So nothing's being generated again. Um, another thing is that all the paths that a user can access are all already there on the server and accessible by a client. So if anyone's going to be accessing your site, they can access any of the paths that are that are that are there because their files are actually sitting there ready to go. That's another big thing. So these sites are great for content that obviously doesn't change very often, that's not very dynamic, that's not like for instance a, a very quickly updated blog or anything like that. Like if it's a small short like you know, if it's a lower community blog where you post once a week or twice a week, that's something that these can work with really well, and I'll, I'll mention why. Uh, but if it's something like, you know, you're literally gener- – like you have 15 people writing for you and you're generating a blog post every hour, this is not something you would probably look into. And that, there's a lot of distinctions like this that I'll, that I'll kind of talk about as I'm going through because I want to talk about each uh, of these technologies individually – First, and then we can maybe I'll make some references to to each other technology, like the server side rendering and the single page apps, as I'm talking to them. But I want to kind of focus on the technology that I'm talking about to get to make sure that you're on the same page. Like right now, we're just talking about static sites, right? So, what is it? What do these static sites do? Why do you use them? Uh, what's the advantages and disadvantages essentially? So, again, there's less cost to your server API. That's a big portion of it. So. When you're, when you have these static sites that are already generated, you're usually not calling your stat, your server API when you're accessing them because when they're generated, all those calls are pre-rendered, are pre-done for you. And then they're just put into HTML, JavaScript, and CSS files already pre-made. So when a person accesses these static files, they're not actually hitting your, your server APIs. They're just hitting your regular like Apache host or Nginx host files and that's it. So if you have, you know, a, an API restriction, like you only get like a hundred thousand API calls every month or something like that. This is a way to kind of lower the amount of API calls that you, that you would go because it's not every person that's hitting your server. It's every time you're rebuilding your files that these calls are made. It's less taxing on the client side as well, because when a client requests these files, they don't have to do any of the rendering on their, on their side. They're just requesting the files. They're waiting for a response from the server and they're viewing the files essentially just like you would a regular browser, a regular site. And most regular sites, actually, when you look at them, like a regular business card site, as Matt and I always point out, are static sites. That's another thing I want to point out is like a lot of people talk about static site generation. and I'm talking about it right now as well in some ways, like the pre-generation and stuff like that. But there's a reason that I put uh, like generated or built time in quotes because build time could be, yes, it could be an NPM script that, you know, NPM run build, or it could be literally you creating the files and then, you know, moving them over in an FTP fashion to your server. So that is also a static site, not this. And when you say static site generator, you're the generator in this case, you're the builder, you're doing the building. So I want to make sure that there's a distinction there as well. Yeah, like um, literally just just mm-hmm. to add a little bit of context for anyone who's like a UI dev is it's literally... 
having if you're if you're making an image like if you want to have an image display on the page you're literally having an image tag and you're typing in your source like oh it's in the images folder blah 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 or if you have literally content that's written on the thing when you're writing out your html you're actually generally putting the actual writing the contents in the html itself you're not pulling it from a variable you're not you're not doing anything like that you're literally just writing it right in or it's being generated to become that but if you're just writing, like if you're just learning HTML, more than likely you are you are doing a static site. Exactly. When you're first starting out, yeah, you're you're 100 right. You're you're going the static route initially to understand the structure of the HTML and the CSS and JavaScript. And it's again, it's less taxing on the client side, so that's a big thing. Uh, and you you got to understand that the speed of it is also quick. So a big thing is that you when you request from your server your files and you just get your files back without having the server do anything on it on its end, that's a fast experience. And if you're also not doing anything on the client's end, then it's also a quick experience. So these are really good for again low low latency web web browsing uh if you're having if you really need to serve to a a very uh, underserved market that doesn't have great internet connection. This is a this is where I would be looking like to to optimize performance and stuff like that. The other thing is it's good for SEO because as a crawler crawls your page, it sees everything that's available for it. Like it doesn't have to wait for any sort of generation, uh, any sort of dynamic content and stuff like that. The crawlers can, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but crawlers can compensate for dynamic and dynamic content but they're not very good at it no matter what they say like static sites are still going to be rendered better for seo purposes at least at least at this point in talking and i don't know if it's ever going to get better to be honest because it seems that static site generation is becoming more and more popular so i don't know if anyone's going to invest more time into kind of uh investing that time into a crawler that can you know go around the static site generation and go into more dynamic so we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes out and Obviously, and I mentioned this already, it's not ideal for dynamic content. So if you have, again, a site that has a lot of updates to it at all times from a CMS that, you know, it's not maybe it's not just you. Maybe it's like a whole team of people that are updating the site. Maybe they're updating just words, but maybe they're adding posts. Maybe they're up adding like items to uh, an e-store or something like that. This is probably not the way to go because, again, just because like it's very efficient doesn't mean it's going to fit your use case and when you have a lot of like let's say you use a static site generator which is essentially what matt was saying like something that will do what you're doing but every single time you update it it'll automatically run a build that will generate a file that's just html css javascript that has all the content already in there can you imagine a, a server that's running that kind of functionality that's a, stack, a static site generator if you update your every blog post it runs once it'll tax that server quite a bit so if you have a lot of stuff going on you don't want to be taxing your server to the point where it gets bogged down and then your updates are either not not rendered correctly or your updates aren't rendered in time or you're paying a lot of time for build time because that's a big thing now is like uh, some servers not only charge for hosting but they charge for build time like how long it takes to build your your files and stuff like that so you have to be mindful depending on your on your use case that's all that's all that there is to it um the other thing oh, oh actually the one one thing i wanted to mention was the example technologies so how do you do this like what what technologies do you use for static site generation so the first one i already mentioned which is you just creating the files yourself in this case you're the static site generator you're the builder uh but there's other technologies kind of like gatsby for react and gridsome for uh view those 
can do the static site generation for you. So, and you kind of, um, they're really good at knowing what to cache, what to generate for you and what to not. Uh, and they're really, they, they're designed for static site generation. There are other technologies like, and I'll mention them in the next portion, um, that are good and can do static site generation, but they're not kind of, you have to tell it exactly what you want to static, to statically generate instead of Gridsum and Gatsby kind of knowing what you want it to do based on how you structure your content. So with that being said, uh, let, I'm going to move on to server-side rendering. So this is a different kind of approach to the same problem. So these pages are generated by a server as a client requests a page. So if a page has a lot of dynamic content, like constantly new posts, like I was talking about, like a lot of people are, are, are generating new content on your site, uh, a user can access the page and see the newest content at any given time. So if a person does a blog post right now, and a person then accesses that page in like a minute after they do that blog post, they will already see that blog post in their feed. Because how this works is that when a, a, a blog post is created, it put, goes into the API. And when a client asks for that uh, page that has that blog post, the server will then render that page, check again, call your APIs as, as soon as it's requested and create that page dynamically and then send it back to the client. And so the client will have the newest information on that page sent back to them, right? So most popular CMSs like WordPress or Joomla fall under this classification because again, you make a change, refresh your page, you'll already seen that change on the client side and they're doing the, the generation on it like on the server side. Again, server side rendering, that kind of makes sense. So with this, you're going quite a bit heavier on the server you're going quite a bit heavier on the api calls as well and it's it's also another like kind of negative portion of this is that that request from the client has a little bit of a delay in it because again that static that that site that page that they're asking for is being generated now so instead of just request and reply it's now request generation reply with the page so it's a little bit of a delay again most sites can compensate for this you can do a lot of efficiency you can do a lot of little efficient things that will help with this and you can you can make everything better but it's not going to be as fast as a static site because again that middleman you're always going to have that generation going on but it's also still okay for seo so you're still generating the site on the client page so when a crawler crawls your site it's going to act as a client and check every link that you can possibly get to in your site and it's going to get the most recent content every time it crawls so it's still seeing everything properly because again everything's rendered on the server and sent to the client that's a big thing again for seo purposes and all that so you're allowed to make these dynamic web pages that have constantly new content and still maintain your SEO balance and stuff like that. But you then have to give up a little bit of the performance of static sites and have to give up the more AP, like considerably more API calls because on every single request, there's going to be some API calls depending on how you handle your, your site, right? Like if you have a lot of different, uh, pages with a lot of different content, like blog posts and podcasts and an eShop and stuff like that, every one of those pages will contact your API and have a response. So again, not only does that add more API calls, but it adds another delay because now your server has to contact your API, wait for the response, then generate the page, then send it back to the, to, to the client. So again, 
A lot of different little things in the server-side rendering, still good for a lot of use cases. Again, like if you're looking for a good SEO site with a lot of dynamic content, this is the way to go. Like there's not really much choice you have, right? That's kind of how, that's kind of how you have to view it. Um, the example technologies for this, again, I mentioned WordPress Joomla, the standard uh, PHP generators. And then there's newer ones, like the new age ones called Next.js and Nux.js. Next.js being the uh, React one, Nux.js being the uh, Vue.js one. I'm only talking about these two technologies because those are the two ones that I kind of follow. There's probably a lot of ones for Svelte and Angular and stuff like that, but I'm sure you can find them yourself by just typing in like Angular static site generation, Angular server-side rendering, and you can find them yourself. But uh, with these technologies, again, they're going to help you achieve this this goal. So, and you're going to be able to use the technology that you like. So, if you like Vue.js and you're used to Vue.js, right, and you want to create a static site or a server-side rendered site with uh, Nux.js, it'll allow you to kind of use the same structure that you're used to with a couple caveats and a couple differences just to make it easier for the actual framework to generate the the server-side rendered site and kind of carry over your knowledge to it and go on from there. So you have a lot of options in 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 today's web development world probably before too but you can kind of do whatever whatever you want based on your use case. The hardest part really and we're going to talk about this a little a little bit in the web news is choosing which technology to use for which time because when you choose one it's kind of hard to flip-flop to a different one um and sometimes what you have to do and uh i don't know if i'm going to get to this but what you have to do is combine them so some some of your site will be statically rendered some of your site will be server-side rendered depending on because you can you can combine the two right like so if let's say you have a page that has a lot of different content that's constantly being generated just like the blog post page uh is constantly being updated maybe you do that one as server-side rendered but your homepage, which you kind of choose what's on there because it's featured and stuff like that, maybe that one isn't. Maybe that's a static, a static page so that when a person first comes to your site, they see a static site right away. Everything's fast. And as, as they drill down, that's when they're starting to see the server-side rendered site. So they're not hitting your APIs as much. Uh, and they're still getting that cool, good first experience because that first experience is really important. After that, you kind of, if you've hooked them there, I think a user is more willing to wait a little bit or willing to use a little bit more of the resources and stuff like that to, uh, to get to the content that they need. So you can do fancy tricks like that. And all these technologies kind of let you do that, um, based on what you want to do more of. So let's say you're doing more static site generation than, uh, server side rendering stuff. Then you would go for something like Grits, Gridsum or Gatsby. If you're doing the opposite, so you're doing more server-side rendered content than static, then you would go for something like Next.js and Next.js. So it's not one or zero, you know, like you don't have to choose one and stick just with it, but you want to make sure that you know where you're going to lean so that you choose the, wrong, the right technology for you, if that makes sense. So next thing here is single page apps. And I think we've had an episode on single page apps, but I'll quickly go over what they are and uh, go over how they kind of compare to the other two. So these are client-side rendered applications. So we've been talking a lot about server-side rendering. These are client-side rendered applications. The server will just serve code that will tell the client what to do, how to render your page. So it's just like, a, it's a it's one HTML file usually with a lot of JavaScript. So it's a lot of rendering, a lot of work that the client has to do to render an application. I, th- I believe apps like Instagram, Spotify would be considered single page apps. Um, and again, they kind of, you wouldn't know that by looking at them because 
single page apps are very good at looking like regular web pages. They can look like it. They can act like it. There's an, like, for example, they have simulated navigation. Like you can have a navigator, a router inside them where you can kind of switch pages. But essentially what it's doing is it's taking one page and changing like a different block on that page to different things and keeping like, let's say it's changing only the body, but the header and the footer stays the same. So only the body is changing. The header and footer stays the same. The header footer is cached. So sometimes this can be very efficient actually and very fast. Like you can get, you can get some in, in certain cases, a single page app could be a lot faster than a, you know, a statically rendered page or a dynamic, uh, or a server side rendered page. Because of the fact that you're kind of only changing things that you need to change on the page, not the whole page. And with the caching and all that, you can really make it fast. And again, with single page apps, you have the ability to create uh, PWAs, progressive web apps, which can act very similar to native applications. And that gives you even more functionality. But again, we've talked about that in previous episodes. I'm not going to go too far into it. Um, another thing, like when you have a, a page that needs a lot of dynamic content, and it's constantly making calls to APIs to maybe in real time change content for you, maybe like a uh, a chatting application or you're constantly looking for notifications and stuff like that. That's where these apps kind of shine and and show their best th- their best. So because when you're standing on a page, you can constantly be using JavaScript to check like, you know, sockets and and check for notifications, check for push notifications, and then display them in real time to the user as he's on that page. Um, that's, that's where these, that's where the single page app infrastructure really excels in, in its thing. And because they do a lot of dynamic actions in, in the background, they can be, again, heavy on the client. So considerations have to be made for performance. So if you think about it, if you're servicing people that you think are going to be using very lower power devices um, and th- like they just won't be able to handle the amount of rendering that you're throwing at them, that's when you got to look away from this kind of infrastructure. But in a, in a different r- perspective, like if you're looking at people that, you know, you know that will have very good phones or you're looking into just doing a very efficient build of a single page application, you're willing to spend that money and that time to create efficiency and, and not have to worry too, too much about the negative impact. Uh, maybe your application just isn't doing too much, uh, you know, comp- computation. It's just more quick checks and then quick responses and that's it. Those are, those are situations where you can definitely kind of use a single page app and make it, make it work for you. But one of the biggest disadvantages and one thing that you really have to look at is the fact that single page apps do have an impact on SEO, a negative one for the most part. Because when a crawler goes and sees a single page application, it's seeing one page and it's not seeing anywhere else to go. So it's, it's not seeing what it's, what your JavaScript is rendering. It's seeing what your actual HTML shows. That's how normal crawlers work. Now, the Google crawler can go in and after multiple hits to your site, will eventually see the whole site as it's rendered, as the JavaScript, as a single page app is rendered and it'll see the navigation that you've kind of hacked into there and stuff like that. But in my experience, it has not lived up to the same expectations as a, a, like a server side rendered application or a static site because it's just not there yet. And with that being said, the Bing crawler doesn't see single page apps at all. Um, I don't know how important that is to you. It depends if you like Bing or not, or if you, your clients are on Bing, you can check, you can check the demographics. Same with, I think, DuckDuckGo and stuff like that. There's a lot of different 
search engines that don't see single page apps, essentially is what I'm saying. And as far as I know, Google's not developing their single page app search bot any, any more, like they, they might be developing it, but it hasn't gotten any better in my eyes, like as far as I've seen. So if that's important to you, if you're trying to create like a, a store that you want people, you know, to, to be able to Google from anywhere in the world and find, maybe this isn't the way to go for you. Maybe you should be looking at a server side rendered application. Maybe use a, maybe use a hybrid of all three and that would be cool. I can't even think of a situation where you would kind of do that, but, um, it is it's probably possible. It'd be cool. Like if, again, if you're out there listening and you have done a hybrid, you know, of all three of these technologies, let me know. I would love to hear how you did it. Uh, and and ex- the example technologies that you would use to create single page apps is something like a standard Vue.js deployment or a standard React deployment. I'm sure Angular and Svelte and all that that they can do it too. But they're just like you know the ones without the frameworks on top, so no Gritsum, no Nuxt, and stuff like that. Just regular Vue.js and React, they can handle single page applications no problem. Now, with that being said. Uh, that's kind of the overview of these technologies. I just wanted to give everyone a little bit of uh, a little bit of context when we talk about or when they listen to other podcasts and they talk about you know server side rendering, static sites, single page applications. It's good to know what they're actually talking about from a kind of a lower perspective, from an understanding, from a different maybe a different way of looking at it or something like that. Um, and I want to move on to the web news, but I'll go to Matt to see if he has any comments or questions or concerns. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of have, I kind of have like more of a, an overarching sort of question, I guess, or maybe even a couple. So the first one I would say is I understand that we discussed, you know, SEO gets affected here and there. And like this stuff is better for stuff that isn't updated and blah, blah, blah. Like we obviously went through all the different technologies and sort of their pros and cons. But I guess sort of my question is, is for the person that's listening right now, that's like, holy crap, like there's a whole bunch of stuff here. Like, I don't know which one to start with or even worse, like, oh God, I've, I've already started my single page app and I wasn't aware of the SEO stuff. Like, so I guess what my question is, is how bogged down should you get in your decision making with one of these technologies? And I'll just give like a real basic scenario that somebody listening is probably in. So for example, they might have a blog where the front page is actually just static. So it's, you know, it's one of those promotional blogs where they're trying to sell a certain product. So the front page stays static for most of its life. And then the blog itself is talking about product updates. Maybe they, maybe they have a Kickstarter or whatever. And so they're talking constantly about the news about this product that they're trying to advertise out. People like that more than likely have something like a WordPress site where they've just purchased something from Bluehost or some other host out there. And they're just, you know, they did a one click install. They're ready to rock on WordPress. And now they're like, wait, like, you know, this is server side rendered. I'm about to have a bunch of traffic. Maybe I should have a static site. Like maybe I should have a static front page because the blog's the only thing that's dynamic. Like you could kind of get bogged down in this decision. So what would you say? How bogged down should you get in this decision? And how impactful is this decision for people that are in a situation where they already have started with something like, is there ever a situation, I guess, where you should completely scrap what you're working on and be like, eh, you know, I'm done with the single page app. I've already put a bunch of hours into it, but I'm going to now do server side rendered. So that's a good question. Uh, there, and there's a couple answers to that. It really, again, it, it always hinges on what stage you're at, what knowledge level you're at and stuff like that. If you're just learning, if you're listening to this podcast, and I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are in the very early stages of learning web development, I would like my the way I would start is probably learning static pages. 
right? So I would learn how a static site works without any static site generation, nothing, just literally HTML, JavaScript, CSS, because at the end of the day, everything that this, this everything that's being rendered, everything that's being generated by JavaScript, by the, all these frameworks is rendering JavaScript, CSS, and, uh, and HTML. So you need to learn those basics. So if you're just starting out and you're going right into single page apps or right into some, one of these larger frameworks, I would say step back, learn the basics, and then jump in depending on what your project is, depending on what you're trying to learn. Again, moving on from that, if you're in the process of learning, you learn the basics and stuff like that, and then you're trying to choose between a server-side rendered or a static generator, stuff like that, I wouldn't get hung up on it too much because unless you're thinking that this site is going to take off and become a million, you know, two million people are going to hit it a day or whatever – um, it's probably not going to matter. Like most likely the, the choice that you're made is correct. Um, it could be said that again, if you're, if you're like very deep into a single page app and you've realized that, oh shoot, I need, uh, really good SEO for this one because my project has a lot of like, I, I really see it becoming something really awesome and I want people to be able to find it. In that case, maybe you want to start looking at, taking it out of a single page app perspective and trying to see if you can make a hybrid or something like that. But again, I, for a 90% of you or 95% of you, I'm assuming it's not going to matter. And I would just continue doing what you've decided, right? Like, so whether it be static site generation, single page or rent or uh, server side rendering, all three of those are really good technologies to learn. They play off each other. It's cool to understand how each one of them works. It's cool to build one project in this and another project in this and understand like the, the basics of all of them. Um, so there's nothing wrong with you continuing your website because it's probably not going to affect much. Like it's probably not going to make much of a difference if, if you're in the starting stages. If you're an enterprise listening to this and you've spent, you know, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars on building something, that's a different perspective. I don't really have much insight on that, so I can't really advise <laughs> in those kinds of situations. Maybe, you know, do some evaluation on why you're doing what you're doing. But I'm assuming, again, when you're in that kind of situation, you've probably hired the right people, hopefully. You've probably done your evaluation, you've probably picked the right technology. So what I'm saying is it really depends, but Start with static site generation or start with static sites in general, generate them yourself, be the generator, understand the generator, like, you know what I mean? And then move on to the other technologies and understand when to use them, how to use them and stuff like that. But don't get hung up on it. What would you say in terms of swappability? So with that being said, like, let's hypothetically say that maybe maybe the right decision was made in the beginning of the project. So maybe you're just going to make a single page app for whatever reason. And so, you know, you complete the single page app and then the market changes or the product changes to a point where you're like, wow, now I need to have good SEO. What do I do? And so maybe you're like, whether or not you're in that 300 or $400,000 situation, like you mentioned in the enterprise, maybe it's just like a big budget for you. And you're like, "Mm, do I like, you know, tear this whole thing down? So all that money's wasted. And then I now have to build, you know, a server side rendered thing or a static thing now. How swappable or how migratable or how changeable are these things probably in the hands of a dev i would say from like a single page so let's say you had a single page app and you now need seo how how much work would have to go into it to say okay i now need server-side rendered like is is more of the work 
in the content more so? Or is it something like you can now make a server-side rendered website that complements your single-page app? So like your single-page app might be, I don't know, a word processor, and then now you need that marketing website, so you just tack it on. Like how how would you go about swapping or changing or migrating if need be? If need be, um, and this is like later in the app cycle and stuff like that, I would very much consider migrating instead of doing like a hybrid. Um, I would take my single page app. I would probably use a similar technology that does server-side rendering or static page creation, depending on the situation. And I would see what it would take for me with the knowledge that I currently have to migrate the application. So for instance, let's take Hat, for example, because that's what we're going to be talking about next. Hat is a single page application at this point. It's using just basic Vue.js, right, to render its content and all that. It's hitting the API when it needs to and all that. Now we need better SEO. So at this point, we're going to be moving to a different form. We're not going to take the app that we have right now and convert it. We're going to create it again. But the advantage is, is that a lot of the infrastructure, a lot of the logic that we've put into place, that knowledge can be very much carried over. Some of the code can be very much carried over, right? For showing the showing the posts and stuff like that. Because when you're going from a Vue.js to something like a Nux.js or a Gridsum, Yes, there are formatting differences. Yes, there's different ways that people, they, they handle routing. There's different ways that they handle file structure. There's different ways that they handle server calls. So API, APIs and stuff like that. But once you get around those, so once you get like, once you get into your head that you just got to learn those little things, everything else is kind of the same. So you can very much carry over your knowledge. So you still have an app out there. You still have the, the site up and in the background, you're going to be going and maybe doing a redesign completely, which is what we're doing, and doing a overhaul to, to a better technology stack that you need. And I think that this is a normal, like a completely normal thing to happen in an app lifecycle. Even if it's like a short, like, you know, you, you just get something out there and then you overhaul the technology. It's, yes, it's time consuming, but it's something that allows you to learn more. And it's very evident of the the world that we're living like the the web development world that we're living in things are changing so quickly that it will be a detriment to you if you get stuck on let's say i'm not going to say wordpress but let's say something simple like an older cms that has long been forgotten and you're like okay well i need to bring this into the into the new age and instead of doing a completely new site you try to bring in like npm packages into that older cms and you try to bring in newer technology into that old technology and try to meld them together you're going to spend way more time putting like the, the solving compatibility issues and solving like performance issues than you are actually learning technology which is where you should be like investing your time mostly into learning theory learning technology learning structure learning how to approach learning new technology stuff like that that's where you should be spending your time uh and just doing doing the tasks at hand. Like if you need to do it, do it, in my opinion. Don't do a half measure. Now, a question about that then, with a half measure, like so let's say let's say hypothetically you have a website where it is a how would I say this? So it's a promote so let's hypothetically say it let's drop the website idea. It's a web app. Like it there's literally an app. So it's like some sort of web app that let's just let's just for simplicity sake say that it's a calculator 
You have some sort of calculator app. It's some sort of innovative thing that people are going to use for some reason. Okay. So here's your calculator web app. So that is more than likely going to be in the single page app situation. But then, yep. then you're like, okay, I need to expand the company to an extent. So as a result of expanding the company, I need good SEO. I need good this. I need good that. So you need to have sort of a marketing, marketing side of it. And so what a lot of companies do, as far as I understand it, is they'll have something like a WordPress, let's say, so a server-side rendered application or server-side rendered website where they say, come check out our calculator. Look how great this is, blah, 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 blah. There's their static front page for the most part. And then they have a blog. You know, all this is complemented by the fact that they have WordPress. So they have a blog saying like, oh, look, we pushed update 1.0. Oh, look, we pushed this. Oh, look, we pushed that. But then under a different URL, you know, generally a subdomain or something like maybe the first one's calculator.com. The next one's like app.calculator.com is the actual web app. Do you think that do you think that that is still a worthwhile scenario or do you think that that calculator for example should actually be completely converted over into a server side rendered thing where maybe it's controlled by JS or something In that specific scenario I would say no it should it shouldn't be carried over like you you, you should leave it as a single page application and just use it as a subdomain and create a a website and a web experience around it. So that, that that's where the hybrids that, that's where a hybrid would work. Yes, exactly. A hybrid would work in exactly those kinds of situations where you've created a web app that's supposed to be a web app. Right. right? That's supposed to be like you said a calculator, a to-do list, stuff like that, a task manager, those are web apps, right? Like an actual application. But to promote it, you create a website and that's where you would convert, like take your mindset and put it into server-side rendering or static site generation that will then promote that web app. So the web app itself won't be much of an SEO generator, but the website will very much promote the actual application. So exactly like you said. Okay. Okay, cool. Because I was thinking like even with Microsoft, for example, when they do something like the the Word like the word, uh, like word online, Excel online, those things, those are very much kind of removed, if you will. Like you kind of like you click into your file and it take, you know what I mean? It kind of like takes you to that experience where it's like very, very like separate from the, even though outlook, like the mail app, right. That's, that's a web app in and of itself. But like that login page where you first press sign in, that's very much like the marketing page where for people that haven't even signed up yet, where they're like, Hey, look at all this crap you can use. Like come take a look at this mailbox and come take a look at these like word online and all this like office suite online stuff. It's all free. Come sign up. That's very much like a marketing website. So that is exactly it. Oh, go yeah, ahead. Sorry. And if you know, if you notice every, every one of those Google apps and every one of those Microsoft apps, when you Google them, you don't actually go right to the web app. You no. always go to the landing page, which is annoying. Which is annoying, yeah. I don't I don't like that, but I think that is directly because of that. They use the landing page as the SEO marker and the web app as the actual application. So that's standard practice. That's definitely a, w- a way to do a hybrid, in my opinion, with a single page app. Remember I was saying, like, show me how you would do it. So you brought up a really good point. So they could be all three, right? Like there could be situations in those cases where like, yes, you're building something around the single page app. You're using a static site as the main like homepage of that because it's not getting updated very often, but you're using, it also has a blog where they tell, talk about development that's server side rendered. It's all three right there. Right. Yeah. That, easily, that makes sense. Yeah. And you can easily kind of implement something like that. And it's all dependent on how you want to, you know, use your APIs. Do you have an API limit? 
Is your server capable of handling all the traffic? Like if your server is capable of handling the traffic that you foresee or that currently is happening, there's no point in investing a bunch of time to try to optimize everything to like the nth degree, right? Like you want to be able to get something out there. You don't want to get bogged down by just like, I need to optimize this. So I'm only calling my API like once every five years. Like you don't want to get to the point where you're just going crazy about it. But on the other hand, like, if you're going for the the point where you don't want to be spending a lot of money on your server infrastructure, maybe that's where you start looking at optimizing as much as you possibly can. So with that being said, I kind of want to move that to our hat website discussion, which is our web news for this week. Yep. And with all these different technologies in play, I want to kind of go over what we're currently thinking and if it still makes sense. Should we move, should we continue moving forward with the design decisions that we've made or should we go back and kind of look at a different, look at it from a different perspective? So currently what we have, uh, is a, da- a database or a CMS, which is headless. And we've had an episode about headless CMSs, uh, called Sanity. So that, that headless CMS is on a separate Sanity server. We have a free subscription model with it right now. Yep. Like obviously it could go up if we need, if we need more, uh, API calls and all that. And that's where we would store all of our posts for, for hat. That's where we restore all of our author information, et cetera, et cetera, for hat. Then we have a separate front end, which is completely separate from the headless CMS. Uh, and that's being built currently with Gridsum, which is the, uh, the static site generator that I was mentioning before, right? So it's a Vue.js powered static site generator called Gridsum. It just right now, like maybe a few weeks ago, got support for Sanity. And support, what I mean by support is how Gridsum works is they have a middleman API caller and they use a GraphQL middleman. So what that means is that it doesn't matter what your backend is. Like let's say in the future, we don't, we get rid of Sanity, the way that Gridsum works is that we wouldn't have to change any of our front-end code because the middleman is what I'm using to call the Sanity APIs, okay? I'm not using Grok, which is what Sanity, what Sanity's queries are based on. I'm using the developer plugin for Sanity, which the developers of Sanity created themselves that interfaces with Gridsum. Okay. Right? So... I don't really like, I'm just using keywords that they've given me. And then I'm able to access all of the information in my sanity CMS through that. If we were to change out sanity to something else, all I would have to do is, is kind of do a control F for sanity and change it to whatever, uh, CMS we, we want to use. That's the power of, of, of something like Gridsum. Right. Okay. So it's, it allows us to be agnostic in not only the front end, it allows us to be agnostic in the back end and you can kind of do what you want because you can, again, we can do the same thing with the front end with Sanity because it's, again, sep- completely separate from the front end of Gritsum. That's the, That was the initial decision in doing something like this because we were kind of bogged down in like, should we use WordPress? Should we use Webflow? Well, what happens if Webflow doesn't meet our expectations? What happens if, you know, like, because they're very much together. Those situations, like the, you know, if maybe we like the, the back end of WordPress, which we kind of do. It's very simple and we're used to it. Like it's easy to edit stuff in, ba- in the back end of WordPress. Yes. But we don't like the front end template generation. Right. Yeah. So that's why we're kind of hesitant about WordPress. Now, again, we know that there is a, 
WordPress API where it's it, you, it can become a headless CMS itself. But let's just disregard that for a second, um, just to prove the point. That's why we decided to go with a headless CMS in this case. Now, where we're at right now is I'm, I've pulled a bunch of information into my grid sum site that I'm able to like to prove a point that I'm able to pull whatever it is I need with filters, with sorting, all that stuff. And what it's doing is as I'm pulling that information, it's creating the static site files for me. So it's only like when you're actually accessing the files as a user, you're not calling the APIs, which is nice for us because sanity has limits on the amount of APIs it can call. Uh, we can kind of get around that. Uh, well, it has limits on the free tier. Like this. It has limits on the free on the, tier. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, on the free tier. And to be fair, the paid tier um, is pay per use and the pay per use is pretty generous. Like the, what they give you, like I'm, ass- I'm assuming it would take us a while to get up to the pay tier and then it would take us a long time to crack like $10 a month, like a very long time. And by the time I, I, I foresee us cracking $10 a month, we, we should be generating enough traffic to be generating much more income than $10 a month, if that makes sense. And I think a lot of these play, a lot of these sites are based on that. Now, the issue comes with uh, just learning technologies. So we haven't discussed this on the podcast yet, but we have a lot of new websites coming up and we kind of need to get them done in a business sense. Like they're paid websites. We've agreed on contracts and stuff like that. And our initial our initial thought process was let's learn Sanity and Gridsum and all that and use that for all these websites. Right. Looking at it now... It will be, it'll be more of a, it, well, actually, we don't, we haven't, de- we haven't like fully decided yet, but it, it would probably be more of a pain to learn something like this and more of a time consuming pain because it will be mostly on yourself, Matt, and one of our contractors to kind of take over this development because I've been completely swamped with my, like, with my uh, uh, other contract work. So I wouldn't be able to help in this case. So it would just be, it would be a longer, up cycle to get up on this technology than something like going back and using couch CMS, right. something like using Webflow. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know how this would compare to learning WordPress. Like it might be very similar to the amount of time it would take to learn WordPress as a templating platform or something like that. Um, but I know we, we're also discussing on using another CMS now, uh, which our contractor is very good at. So that, that's a huge, that's a huge advantage for us, right? Because if we want, if we can get these sites out quicker, we can get the contracts done quicker. We can get more contracts to do more sites, et cetera, et cetera. But we also wanted to learn these new technologies to be able to use them in the future as well for our customers because they, al- they allow for a lot of different things. Like I said, all these hybrid. All these hybrid things that we were talking about, those can only be done with the newer technologies. Like we can't do that with one with like a WordPress to templating engine, right? Like we can't do a server side and a static rendered page with the WordPress templating engine. We can't do that with an older like Joomla based uh, site. We can't. I'm pretty sure we can't. Well, in, in in a normal use case, at the very least, we can't. Like a normal use case is you install yes. WordPress. It's a server with a server side rendered and then it just, that's it. Like bang. Like it's all, it's an all in one package. When somebody goes to the site, it gets rendered right there on the spot and gets rendered every single time they refresh other than, you know, barring some caching and stuff like that, of course, but just normal operation, no caching. That's the way it works. Now, 
the one thing that this does introduce, like if we were to go the sanity route, the, the original route that you mentioned, one of the things that it does introduce is it introduces a uh, a bit of infrastructure on our end, which is something that I was personally concerned about. So what it is, is we were going to have that middleman. So the middleman was basically going to be, you type in your information on the CMS, which is uh, sanity, and then we were going to have a... Now, this is the middleman part. So we're going to have an, a server, so probably a DigitalOcean server, where it was going to basically pull that information as needed from the API, which is from Sanity, and it was going to do the build process on the website. So it was going to build it onto... Um, build it onto a, like, build it into, like, just, you know, standard HTML, CSS, JS, whatever. And then our infrastructure for hosting, um, needs to be, for this particular project, needs to be just a standard, like, Apache cPanel sort of setup. And so, as a result, we were going to have to just throw it, like, throw it onto there. Like, it was, so then we were like, okay, well, because it's like a normal sort of server infrastructure, you know, like, sort of Apache and that type of thing, it can't do the build, which is the reason for this middleman. But then, now we need to manage this middleman. So if something mm-hmm. goes down, it's not like WordPress where we're like, okay, you know, let's log into a cPanel, let's check the database, let's check the WordPress front end, let's check the, the the admin panel, blah, 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 blah. There's no checking of that. There is. But then there's also the checking of, oh, now we got to check our our um, VM. And we were going to have this VM support multiple websites. Now if the VM goes down, now we got a problem on the sites. And so we're introducing infrastructure on top of learning how to do this on top of testing the do like it was a big it was a lot it's a big it's a big problem and so at the moment we're in the middle of the decision process as mike said but what we're looking at right now is a uh, cms called typo i believe it's called typo 3 it's more of an enterprise sort of cms where it's closer to the side of WordPress in terms of the fact that it's server-side rendered, although it's like an enterprise, like, like, to be clear, it's an enterprise CMS, so it's like a bit more robust and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm still getting into it, so like, I'm not describing it or giving it its full credit, I'm sure. But in terms of something like WordPress or Couch CMS, um, or Webflow, they're more, I would say, consumer CMSs, whereas this, this one seems to be, again, I'm just getting started. It seems to be more like if you have very scalable websites, um, if you have a lot of websites that you want to edit from one CMS and you want to still have it be server side rendered, then it, then you kind of go like that. That's what typo is kind of made for. And so like with an example of what I mean by consumer is with WordPress, you go to WordPress and you're, you're I don't know, you're typing away and then you say, you know what? It'd be really nice to have a weather widget that updates the weather you in that same admin panel. Go to the plugins, type in weather widget, you know, you find whatever you need, you click install, it's like an app on your phone, bang, it's done. Now, I don't know whether there's plugins and stuff for, for, um, for typo yet. However, with something like typo, the way I can see it from where I'm sitting right now is that we would have to make the weather widget and then have it so that the CMS would make it editable to whatever extent so you could you know in the cms have a toggle for oh i want to hide the weather widget i want to show the weather widget i want to do whatever like we would have to make that component i'm sure there's there might be some stuff like that with typo but just it just seems like with an enterprise thing it because it's so robust it's it 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 suffers from a lack of consumerism if that makes sense like wordpress is set up very much that because the work has been done by people like Bluehost and other one-step installers, people who don't understand coding at all can just jump right into WordPress, 
choose a template, choose some plugins, put it together, and more or less just have a site up and running and ready. Whereas something like Typo requires a developer to be there. That's sort of the difference. However, with Typo, we're cutting out that middleman. We're cutting out that DigitalOcean server so that now we can still run on Apache, the, you know, your standard sort of cPanel uh, sort of setup. And so then we're still reaching to the goal. So that's sort of where we're sitting. And what this is making us question is whether or not we should do something like this for hat at the end of the day, because if we're investing the time to learn it, this thing can absolutely do what we need for hat. Because if you look at the goal of hat, the hat website, I'm talking, it literally is essentially a very, like, it's just a blog. Like it, like really WordPress could do it. Um, but we want to kind of make it more custom. So typo might be the way to go. If we get rapid fire sites out, like what we're doing, and we get those things out rapid fire, like maybe we should just make a custom site with this, have it server side rendered. Who cares? Because we're not going to have a billion hits anyway, especially right out of the gate. And then we don't have to worry about supporting atypical infrastructure that we are new to. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was, that was a good summary. I think the only thing that I would say other, it's other than the fact that typo seems like, an enterprise CMS and that it seems like it can do everything um, as the advantage. I'd say the main advantage of typo for us right now is the fact that our current contractor that we're working with is very good at it. Oh, like very versed in it, like over, over five year experience, over five years of experience. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where like, this would be our least like path of resistance, most likely to getting sites up there. Now, barring again, we haven't done much research in it. I think you've had like a 30 minute demo with him. Uh, you haven't even seen the templating side of it. Like for the most part, like, like I, have I haven't temp- played with anything myself, exactly. like myself. So like, I can't make full judgment. And if I'm saying any information incorrectly, that's why. Yeah. So barring that, it seems like the way to go. If we want to get these sites out as fast as possible. Right. If we want to get everything out as fast as possible with the with the knowledge that this CMS is capable of doing what we needed to do as well. So it's like it's a double whammy, right? Like what we were looking for is something that can do everything that we need to do, which is varying levels of complexity. So from complexity of very simple sites to complexity of sites where you have to upload like massive CMS files, render those files into a Google Maps uh, database and stuff like that. Like those are the complexities we're talking about here. Like very simple site to that. So this CMS, from what we understand, can do all that. So we've found that. And B, we have someone that's could be considered an expert in it. In a term, like especially between us, like these. They're, so we have someone that could help us with it. So that's two positives. Now, maybe a downside could be that it's an older CMS, but it is being con- con- continually updated at least which is great uh, it's open source which i which we like that's always good uh not only because it costs less but because it's like the security is open so we know that there's there's probably no holes in it there's probably no like back doors from governments and all that like we don't want any of that they have lts versions which are for like long-term support there we go for it for enterprise and, and that's why we we kind of mention enterprises because this seems when you go to their website if you go and look up typo 3 cms you'll you'll know what we mean like it looks like an enterprise solution if you've ever worked in enterprise which i'm sure a lot of you have 
you'll know what we're talking about because when you go to an enterprise site, it's just like, bam, like it's not flashy, but it has, it does everything that you need it to do. Like the site has all the information that you need to, that, that you need in areas where you can expect to have to expect to find it. So that's where we are. We're at. The other thing is like, it's technical debt, right? Like doing all of this plus learning in other two different frameworks that's putting a lot of pressure on us because we have all the other stuff that we need to do on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, manage the company. Like we have a company that we, we both run. I uh, do all the communications for the company. We don't have any secretaries. We don't have anyone. Like all we have is an, an accountant, an accounting firm to manage our taxes. Thankfully, we don't have to manage that. Um, oh, I literally and, would not manage that. I know. It is, yeah, literally, like, exactly. like, it is literally my most hated thing. <laughs> like I like, like Mike has seen me for the first couple of years when we were just getting started where like the money basically like didn't matter so we just kind of like did it ourselves and like literally ruin a shirt in like half an hour because I'm just sweating even if it's simple like just type in these numbers and I just I'm like pissed off and I'm nervous and then I'm also scared it's it's it, yeah. it's real bad exactly so we have that right but we don't have a secretary like we have to do all of our own calling and we have to do all of our own emailing we do all that um so we need to find something that will work for us again on a technological level and on a like actual completion, like project completion and financial level. So it seems this might be a a potential solution. Uh, The other thing is like, if we want to convert hat to this solution, that could be a good excuse for you to delve deeper into the backend a little bit so that you understand how the backend works tying it into your front end because i'm assuming you're going to mostly start on the front end if we're going to have the yeah. contractor do the back end yeah like i'm going to do which the, will be good i'm going to like learn how to interface the basically make make the ui that suits the cms exactly which is good because then you're not you're not throwing too much at you that's that was my biggest worry with the the sanity and the grit sum approach is like i'm learning it great great it's taken me a while because i have all the other stuff but it's going to be the same for you like you're going to have to learn it just like i am from scratch, both sides, right? Because, like, again, I don't have that much time to help. Like, maybe in this, like, in the hat project, I can make myself some time. I definitely don't have time to do much help in all the other projects. Like, we have, again, like I said, we have multiple different sites that we've signed. Like, we have We're, uh, we're ready to rock. For. Like, we got to get them Yeah, done. exactly. Like, we just need to get them started. So we, we're at, in the process of picking the technology, which is part of the process of doing a project. But... We're trying to do the best we can to find something that will work best for our clients and best for us. So that's that's kind of where we're at. So we need to make a decision on hat. Do we like? And I'm not I'm not expecting us to make a decision right now. But this is the first time we're actually talking about maybe doing hat in typo as a way of learning it a little bit more in t- in depthly. So I think the next step for you, Matt, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you have another meeting coming up where you're going to be taken through. The templating process. Right. Yes. Like, so right now I've only kind of had like a visual demo and that was of the front and the back end. And then basically I'll be taking an example of something that we actually want to build, like just a really rudimentary example of it. And then there, and then I'm going to be shown, this is how you would make a UI for it. And then I can, like, I'm obviously skilled in UI development. So barring any of the typo stuff, like I don't know any of the typo stuff, but I know everything else. So I can basically take that knowledge and slowly just rip through it and learn how to interface with the toggle switches, interface with the text boxes, you know, make sure that things render when they're supposed to render, not render when they're not supposed to render, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, anything typo I need to learn. And then once I have that down pat, then 
I think we're good to go. Yeah. So the next, so the next step again, have that, have that, uh, demonstration. And then you're going to take over and start doing the actual front end to learn it as much as you can. Yep. Barring any major hiccups, like we're in a situation where we're, you're in that meeting and there's just too many caveats for typo. There, it's impossible. Like we don't know. Yep. It's possible that it'll just be like, Oh, well, to show a text box, you have to do like 30 different things where you have to declare it in like 30 different files. I don't know. Like it, it, when we first looked at Joomla and I don't want to, this was before we started web development, to be fair. Yeah. We, we, we were just poking around in, in the industry. We're, like we hadn't opened up or anything like that. Like we hadn't yeah, opened a yeah, business this, or anything. Exactly. This is before I knew basic HTML, JavaScript and CSS for the most part. Like I, I had like one, like some experience with it, but I didn't know it. That's for sure. We looked at Joomla and we were like, we didn't even know what end to start at. So if it's, it, it doesn't seem like typo is like that, or at least maybe we're, we're at a different stage in our career. Like that's probably the case, but it doesn't seem like typo is like that as from the, your 30 minute conversation and your, and a little bit of Googling. If it is to the point where we don't know from which, which end to start the templating for you. Then we can start looking at something else. But for now, let's say that we choose typo. That's well, that's kind of the way we go. Do you like having said all that and discussing it? What do you think about the hat website? Do you think we should redo it in typo? Let's say if everything goes well. If everything goes well and we finish like we finish at least one project in it. Like I don't know what order all these sites are going to be done in. But if it gets to the point where, let's put it this way: if if the, the capabilities of the uh, that we need for the hat website kind of outpace what couch cms can give us however if we need to fire up a really quick site i am extremely fast at couch cms like it it's a basic thing that i've like used for hours and hours and hours on several sites that were really basic and i can just rip right through it if i get to the point where i can just like that rip through let's say even the front and the back end and i can just rip through it for you know barring a few thing you know functions i don't use much of course like everything else but if i can rip through it and like basically get that site up and get sites up really relatively quickly, then I would say that we might as well just use it for, for, um, for hat. I think, I, I don't think there's okay. any reason why we shouldn't. Um, the only thing is, is like, what sucks is I do want to tr- like, it's, it, it's like a technology thing. It's like sanity is really cool. I want to try sanity out, but because we, because of the reality of the situation, it's like, mm, why would I if- learn two things? If hat was our full time thing, we would do sanity. Let's be serious. Yeah. Like if oh, we yes. didn't have a job. Yep. If we didn't have our own business that was developing sites on a consistent basis, and I didn't, I, and I didn't, I wasn't working pretty much full time for a contract that we have for our business. Yes. We would one hundred percent do these new technologies. Yes. But the reality of the situation, and this is like this podcast is all about reality, in my opinion. Yes, we talk about all these new technologies, and I do do a lot of research into the new technologies. But the reality is, is that I can't use every technology that I've found. And it's just like, I'm lucky in the sense that I get to use Vue.js in production. I'm, I feel very lucky in that. Um, and I get to use like stuff like Flutter and learn a Flutter, but it's, I can't, ex- you can't expect every little thing to be like this crazy new awesome technology that I can use and all of a sudden spin up. Because again, you're getting that technical debt. Like you're, I, I sat like I I mentioned this before on an episode. I don't know how many episodes ago now because again you're listening to this in the future, audience. Um, but I said this in an episode where I was just sitting there on a Sunday, and I was thinking about working on GraphQL or something like that. And I was 
my brain started to think about at least three or four different technologies at the same time. And I got so confused that I was just like, this is it. First of all, why am I sitting here on a Sunday doing this? And second of all, why can't I piece together like words? Because I'm thinking about Flutter at the same time as I'm thinking about like Cordova and I'm thinking about iOS and I don't know. It, it's it, just, it, it's literally technology it's overload. Yeah, literally technology overload. But I think with that, I think this is a good plan. Like this is a good discussion that we've had and a, and a realistic one. It's not like unrealistic. It's, I think it's, it should be pretty interesting for the audience because again this is the first time Matt and I have talked about this uh at least in terms of hat so this is a real discussion not like pre-stage or anything like that so and I think it's a good good way forward at this point if that makes sense yes yeah I, I would say that I would say that we have something now that we can go ahead with uh that is a little bit more closer to other CMSs that we've used that is more scalable, which is what we need. And I would say that I would say that we need to try this first due to the limitation of the fact that we have to use a traditional C panel, whatever, and the fact that we don't want to have our own infrastructure on new tech because supporting that thing, if something goes wrong, it's going to be like, something went wrong, what's happening? And I, I'm as confused as them is not, if you're from IT at all, that's not good. So... This is the way to go, I think. But we have to check. Yep. So I, I, I like I like this web news a lot, Mike, because I think this is like a good insight into the fact where people are gonna think to think, hey, these people are flip flopping on this hat site constantly back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But if you notice, there's an there's a really consistent design plan, not in terms of tech, but in terms of this is what the website's gonna do, this is how the website's gonna look generally, of course. This is how the UX is going to be. This is how the UI is going to be. This is how, this is the goal of the site. The goal of the site has not changed. If it's changed at all, it's been modified and tacked on to the existing. It hasn't been like, oh, all of a sudden it's in a web app. You know, it, it hasn't gone to some crazy thing like that. However, the technology stack has changed over and over and over again. And this is sort of a rare look at one of those situations where the real world came in. We're like, oh Jesus, we got to like answer the call. <laughs> And so this is where things kind of get like torn up. Like we want to try sanity, but we can't at the moment realistically. And so we have to make the hard business choice of, all right, that's it. Kai botch this. We have to go at least check this out. It doesn't mean sanity is bad in any way. It doesn't mean typos bad if we don't choose it. It's just, we have to check, take a look at a, a technology stack that answers the call of our business model not necessarily a business model but our business arrangement at the moment we have to answer yeah. the call yeah i think business model is also a good way to put it like our business model right now is to be able to service our customers to the best of our ability with the amount of money that they have we can yeah and, and with the amount of money they have and we get so like something like typo the is is the solution to that and to be clear for people Mike, Mike's using a whole bunch of web app stuff, which he's already discussed in, in a prior episode. He's, he's learning all that stuff. And I'm not just learning typo. I'm going to still have couch in my, in my wheelhouse. I'm going to have couch. I got Webflow in there. I got, um, I got like just standard, like, you know, old school, like, oh, I, you know, I coded this up in, you know, vanilla, whatever. I'm going to have that stuff. We're going to have typo and then WordPress is in there because we've got a bunch of customers on WordPress that will be staying on WordPress for the foreseeable future as well. Like, of course, because WordPress is the biggest. Of course, we have some WordPress in there. So 
it's also a bit of a technology overload for me where not everything's new. Like I know couch and stuff, but it's just the fact where it's like, I can't become, I don't want to become, sorry, Mike. I don't want to become like your Sunday. <laughs> I don't want yeah, to become no, like Mike Sunday. <laughs> don't, don't become like my Sunday. <laughs> yes. There's a hashtag. Don't be Mike's Sunday. <laughs> hashtag Mike Sunday. Um, but if you are, if you think this is the, uh, if, if you have, or if you don't have anything else to add, I think we can run the old conclusion, Mike. Runner up. All right. Well, thank you for listening and make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing on the platform of your choice. You can follow us on the socials via at HTML, all the things that is on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter at, via at HTML, everything. We are on Medium and we're on GitHub. And remember, we're also on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash HTML, all the things. Check out the tiers and give that a go. And with that, many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript. You can find him at youtube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript works is spelled W E R K S Garrick from local path computing and web design. You can find him at localpathcomputing.com. Craig, AKA Cosworth, Ryan Gatchel from blue black digital. You can find him at blueblackdigital.com. Chris from self-made web designer. Find him at selfmadewebdesigner.com. and Tim from the web hacker available at thewebhacker.com. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on, and we are signing off. Yeah.